say, look at how the time goes. And welcome, everybody. Good morning. This is another episode of the Coming Home Podcast with John Allen. I am John Allen, and today I have with me three ladies, Lexi, Effie, and Altair. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, we are going to talk about something today. Um, we'll see where if we branch off into other subjects, but we're going to talk about something today that I think all men and all women need to know about. Uh, let's think awareness. Okay, let's think information. Mm-hmm. Let's think awareness. Um, yeah, let's do that. Who, who wants yes. to kick off this discussion? Just just describe for, for the listeners uh, what we're going to be talking about today. Do you want to do that, Lexi? Um, okay, let's do it. <laughs> well, what we would like to raise awareness about is how to spot a con man and how to... Um, how easy it is to fall for uh, narcissistic abuse. And there are a lot of people there, you know, how to spot the red flags and, and how, um, how to process it and how to pull yourself through this and, and, and find some healing after being um, part of this kind of abuse. Healing. That's, you know, I don't know if you healing. Yes, because this is traumatic. When you have been through this kind of abuse, you experience trauma. Your reality is tested because there are certain techniques that are used that make you question yourself. They chip away at your sense of self. And I'm hearing a little bit of feedback here. Uh, yeah, I heard that too. I think it's gone now, though. But let me just okay. let me just let yeah. me just break in here. When you talk about trauma, I would think that a large part of that trauma would be the the breakdown of trust because trust is a very important thing for all people. Uh, you know, you can be as cynical as you want to be. You can try and be the tough guy or the or the or the tough woman, but trust is important to everybody. And when you experience something that drastically reduces the amount of trust that you can give. There's mm-hmm. trauma in that. You will be negatively affected, correct? And a very significant part of this kind of emotional abuse is that it's not only trust in another person and your your love for them or their love for you, but the work of a con man like this takes away your perception of your own reality and your own trust in your own senses. So that's where a lot of the trauma comes in. You no longer trust your own judgment. You no longer trust in the words that people say because you've been led to believe little bit by little bit that you you can't trust your eyes, you can't trust your ears, you can't even make a decision about what clothes to wear, about what to buy for dinner, about who to go out for drinks with. And that, that's quite significant and it has long-term effects. Can we can we do something just so my listeners know who is speaking? Can the three oh, of can the, no? That's okay. It's my fault. Terrible podcast host. Can the three of you uh, one at a time just state your first name uh, and and if you want to say something about your background, maybe what you work with or whatever you want to say, just so people can hear your voice and know who is speaking at any given time. Start with Lexi. Go ahead. Just say your name and. Okay. Yeah, just say your name and, well, and briefly. I'm Lexi. I'm a psych. 
Yeah, I'm a psychotherapist and a sexologist and an activist, uh, a feminist activist. That's it. Okay. Okay, my name is Altair. I am from Australia, so I am dialing in for this. Um, I work with children. I'm studying child therapy at university here in Australia. And I have lived in Oslo. I have spent a great, a great deal of time there. I went to university in Oslo as well. So I'm very, very familiar. And that's the way that Lexi and Effie and I came to know each other through my relationships in Oslo. Yeah. And uh, I'm Effie. I work in the construction industry and I have a cold. Oh. So hence my voice. <laughs> Me too. Oh, get better. Get better. Okay. Um, okay, thank you all for doing that. Now the listeners can identify by voice who is who is speaking at any given time. Um now you you three have a common experience. You three were affected uh quite negatively from what I understand by the same man, the same con man. Um how did that happen? It, it, I mean, it, it seems interesting. It, it seems interesting for, for me. I would assume it's interesting for the listeners. How did these three ladies who now know each other get conned or abused or, or fooled by the same man? What's the connection here? How did it happen? Hmm. Who would like to go? <laughs> Lexi, you take the lead on this and we'll jump in with some little anecdotes if you like. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what I think that the important thing to to know is that people like this work with a very they have a script and and very clear patterns. So so say we're working with a with a narcissistic individual, and this is not a diagnosis because you can you can everybody has narcissistic traits. Uh, really, but, uh, really, everyone the individual the predator. Everyone yes, has narcissistic we traits. Have, we all have narcissistic traits. Yes, but it's it, it, it's you know it's healthy. If you have good self-esteem, it's healthy. You can you can be narcissistically wounded as a child, and, and you can be a benign narcissist, and you can do great things for society and everything. But when you have a malignant narcissist, the malignant narcissist um, will doesn't see other people. He hasn't developed object relations so he does this, this is splitting in his in his uh, sense of self where he needs to project the bad stuff and and the good stuff as well i see so anything anything outside of himself is an extension of him and his his whole the way he operates or the, the they operate this is, this is in general for for people who have this this condition uh or, and they they operate through shame so anything to avoid shame, and it's not remorse and it's not guilt, because people who have guilt have the opportunity to redeem themselves. But people people who operate within shame, they will react with rage, and this is where you get the narcissistic rage. I see. And this is where they become violent. Right. So, so if we look at the narcissist, if we keep this this uh, the, the we look at the script of the narcissist, the narcissist needs supply to survive because he doesn't have a sense of self. He works with a mask. He has a mask that he presents himself to society the way he wants, they or they want to be seen uh, outside. So it could be anything, something great. You know, everyone wants to think that this person is great, wonderful, charming. They're, they're normally really charming. 
really uh, very, very charming. Um, right endearing so you are attracted to that you become really attracted to that and then and then you have there are about five types of, of narcissistic magnets so the people that they attract and they extract their supply from and um, uh, I'm hearing loud noises <laughs> I wonder I, you know okay. what I think I think it's our lovely Australian lady who has the Is feedback that? something maybe it's something with your um, headset it seems mm. to be it seems to be coming from you okay I, uh, I know what I can do um. Now you're gone. <laughs> Is the feedback better? We'll see. Yeah, we'll I'm my mic off except for when I want to talk. Okay, we'll see. We'll see what happens. It might be the cord going from your headset down to the to your computer or cell phone, whichever you're using, and it might be something loose in there. That's what I'm thinking it is. We'll see. Okay. We'll, we'll go ahead. Go ahead, Lexi. Continue. Yeah. We'll see what we'll see what happens. Well. So we were talking about the max. So what kind of people? Because you were saying, how how come these three women here could have fallen for be fooled by this con man? And and the the, the five types of people there are more, and this can happen to anyone. But there are there are main five types. So this is the overly empathetic people. They fall for this. It's like, oh, that's your story. Tell me more. So I in other words, if you're a kind if if you're a kind hearted, sweetheart of a person, you're more susceptible to be susceptible. That's a hard word. So success uh, yeah. you're more exposed to be a uh, a victim of a narcissist. Correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. That's yes. That's one. Then you have the rescuers. The one that oh my goodness, this person needs so much help. I'm gonna be the one that helps them. Again, the kind hearted yes. soul. No, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, and that's the third cannot rise without an impasse. Exactly. Exactly. So you have the third one, which is the overly positive people. So it's like, oh my God, everything you do is amazing. You're so good at this. You're so good at that. Oh my God, I love everything that you do. That's number three. Number four is the forgivers. So the, the people, and this, this, this has a spiritual element to it. So you will find the narcissist within, say, cults or uh, like tantra places or different types of communities. They will go into the communities where there's a spiritual element to it because forgiveness is very central in, in any kind of a, a spiritual practice. And, and, and the forgivers will, will forgive the, the, the stuff they pull time and time again. Again, kind people, right? That's four. And the last one is the, the children of narcissistic parents. Oh. So if anyone has grown up with that, with, an, with one or two narcissistic parents, when they meet the, the narcissist in a, in a romantic relationship, they will recognize that, but they will recognize that as love, even though it's toxic, but they will recognize that as love. And then you, do, you will have fireworks and everything will be amazing. You think it's amazing. Because you start a whole, this is where you start the phase. I, I don't know if you guys can say anything because I feel like I'm talking too much. <laughs> no, we have plenty of time. Everybody will get a chance to speak. Okay. Yeah, there's no, no rush here. No rush at all. Okay. Yeah, but does it make sense? I mean, is it clear? Well, it makes, it makes a lot of sense. It seems that the, again, the kind-hearted spirit, the, 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 the open-hearted person 
who who wants to give gets taken advantage of. It seems as if these narcissists have a almost like a a a, a, a new sense of smell. They can sniff out that kind hearted person and then utilize that for their own purposes. Yeah, someone, exactly. someone who is very high in empathy wants genuinely wants people to feel happy and satisfied in themselves. They're very giving friend. Um, and for the narcissist, this is the match made in heaven. This is perfect for them because no matter what story they spin, the empathetic partner, the empathetic person that they are approaching as prey, you know, that's what we are. We're a, a resource for them. Um, we provide them with everything they need. We give them the positive support. We give them the feedback. We listen. We feed into their ego. Um, but they're so skillful, you don't know. You don't know at the time. Um, we, I met this this endure this story all began for me when I was a bartender um, and I was looking in Norway I was looking for an English speaker sorry I think yeah. your camera your your camera your camera is moving a lot and I think that movement is creating a lot of background noise Bugger. there's a <laughs> storm coming my internet dropped out so I'm okay mm. how's that? I have to say, I love it when Australians begin to swear. So I hope you get frustrated. It's cool. I love to. I love to hear it. <laughs> oh bugger! Bugger! Oh bugger! <laughs> yeah, but I do think I do think that the the movement of your camera was creating a lot of background noise. Okay. We'll see. Are you getting we'll any now? A little bit, but let's just yeah. We'll just continue. It's okay. It's yeah. okay. Okay. Um, yeah, so I was um, – I came into the situation by meeting this individual at a bar where I was working at, and I – yeah, it was wonderful. It um, developed very quickly, which, again, is another typical narcissistic trait in finding someone for a relationship. Well, they're quite um, wise. They're quite wise and intelligent in the way they do these things, so they work their way in quite quickly. Is that not true? Very. Yeah. Very, yeah. yes. And I believe it was through social media that you two met him? Yes. Uh, I went, it was Tinder, but I got a message on Facebook first. Um... And I didn't respond to the message on Facebook. Did he seek you? Uh, so he sought you out, Lexi. He found you. Well, we matched on Tinder, but I, I wasn't um, I wasn't on it that day or something like that. And okay. then uh, I got a message. By, oh, so he looked me up on Facebook okay. and then sent me a message on Facebook. And this is something else they do. You know, they look for their, their prey or their narcissistic supply online. They're constantly looking for them. Well, I would imagine, I would imagine that the distance is to their advantage. You know what I mean? The distance of social media. Um, they may be able to hide some of their telltale characteristics. They may be able to, they may be able to hide their narcissism because of the distance of social media rather than meeting people face to face where they could possibly be more likely to be exposed. Is that a good way of thinking of it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So then, yeah. so then you, Effie, how did you run into this guy? Um, similar story, Tinder, but with me, 
we were talking for around a month before we, we met from close. So still he had the time to, uh, you know, uh, absorb all the information he needed yeah. for me, from my side, and create that sort of myth that would uh, look appealing to me. I see. So he, so a narcissist, and in particular this guy, it sounds like he was good at um, analyzing individual women, getting a sense of what they needed, and then he would basically go into actor mode and then play the part that he felt that you needed. Yes. Yeah. That's what they do. Well, it's That's a creepy kind of, it's, it's a creepy kind of intelligence, isn't it? They know they're mm -hmm. smart. They know they, they know how to wiggle into the cracks and then uh, and, and and create a little bit of chaos and damage. Yes, mm -hmm. and yes, I'd just indeed. like to also clarify on that point. It's not about what we need. Mm -hmm. He has this whole multifaceted story going on with a plot line better than Game of Thrones. <laughs> and he seeks particular people who are empathetic and sees in them something that he wants to reflect in himself and he takes the individual that he has targeted and starts grooming them in a way that fulfills his needs, reflects well on him, makes him feel more empowered and more, more creative and more philosophical and more... Oh, he's so wise and educated and he uses these women or, or men to fulfill that role. So it is nothing at all about what we need. It's what he, he needs. He sees what we need and he takes that because to make he us needs it. for him. Yes, exactly. Because okay. he needs it and he sees how we can fulfill a role in yeah. his myth. Yes. Wow. Yes. But never any time is it about us. So – so the, the interesting thing about this, you know, everyone knows that narcissists exist. Um, and if we're talking about male narcissists, we know they're out there, but it's very rare that women come forward and talk about the damage that these men do. And there's a reason for that. What, what is the reason for that? Because you, if you're a very, a very long time in a relationship like that and your, your sense of reality has been warped and you doubt yourself and, and you start asking questions, you can't confront a narcissist. The narcissist will retaliate. So you try at all costs to avoid that. You try to be nice. You try to use the skills that you, the way that you, you got him, you know, in the beginning, the way that you, you, you attracted the person, you try to go back to those skills. You become extra good listener, extra forgiving, extra positive, so that to, to avoid uh, the narcissistic rage and the retaliation. So the other things they engage in after this, after you confront a narcissist, is that something called triangulation. So he might, if the supplies, so in this case, we are three supplies, three narcissistic supplies. We don't count as human beings. We're just narcissistic supply. And if we three are together, what the, the, the thing the narcissist will do is to try and uh, split us by sending the different kinds of messages to everyone well, did or he, telling did, bad things about the other one. Well, did he know that the three of you knew each other? 
Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> we, <laughs> well, well, because when you talk of him, when you talk of him splitting, that tells me that he was actively trying to keep the three of you apart. Now, is that just because he needed to hide his three separate, because this was going on at the same time. Yes. So yes. is it just because he, is it just because he needed to hide his, Oh wow, background noise. Um, is it just because he needed to hide his his relationships, period? Or is it because he needed to hide these relationships because he knew the three of you knew each other? You don't know. Well, we can speculate all we want. The, the thing is um, that it's about the game, right? So it's about control. It's never about love and it's never about sex. So we may have loved him, and now our love for him was genuine, but his love for us was make-believe. So the thing that narcissists do as well is they, they fake futures. They, they, they tell you, you know, we're going to buy a house, we're going to do this, we're going to do all of the things we're all going to do. But he's telling this to different people at the same time. And he might even give you information about the different narcissistic supply that he keeps. I see. So that he's... he's so he's basically in your face. You know, he might be telling you from the very beginning, these are the red flags that we ignore. He might be telling you from the very beginning, I am a, what is it that they say? I'm a horrible human being with no redeeming qualities. Uh, or um, my friend this, my friend, it's always the friend, my friend Altair, my friend Effie, my friend Effie. There's always a friend. And then when you question it, you get the rage. Well, let me ask, let me ask you this, Effie. Uh, how long were you with this guy before you saw the toxicity of the relationship? Was there, a, was uh, there, was there a great period, a honeymoon period where everything was fine that lasted a while or did things go downhill quickly? Uh, no, uh, for me, for my case, it was a great period in the beginning and then uh, time passed and I started, uh, saying stuff or realizing how much time but um like a year oh wow mm -hmm. so this guy's patient calculated and patient or, I, yeah i think or I, I didn't pay much attention because you know i was i was more thinking like uh, maybe it, it's it's the red flags that uh he was uh, talking about yeah. it's in front of you just don't see it because he's such a good player that person and he manipulates everything so you're at the end of the day it's you that has the problem it's never about him you know so so you probably had a long period of self-doubt where you thought that maybe you weren't giving enough you weren't putting enough effort into the relationship uh, because my, it's my understanding that a narcissist, particularly a male narcissist in a relationship where he is victimizing a woman, he is able to, um, I don't know, deflect, I guess, and put and make the woman feel like she is to yeah, blame yeah. for any argument, any issue, any bad thing about the relationship. So is, is that was that true with you? Did he do is that what he did to you? Yeah, totally. So how because long? things stuff then it was always about me oh you're this and you shouldn't think like that and I'm la 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 you know so it, it's it's always uh he's, he's never the cause of any any problems it's always you it's always in your head kind of you know he plays with your mind 
So this was like a creeping sensation of wrongness, but you say it took about a year before you, um, well, I don't know what, what happened after that year or within that year, what it was there, was there, was there a certain event, um, that, that, that caused you to fully recognize that this was a toxic relationship? Um, yeah, at some point for me, it just got too much. And I was like, yeah, okay, that, that's, that can't be. I mean, I can't be wrong all the time, you know, yeah. because you, you're in doubt. You're like, mm, maybe maybe it's it's me after all. Maybe he's correct. You know, that's that's the mind games that they're playing with your, with your head. And that's the worst part because you start to doubt your own self and your own instinct. You yeah, know? I would imagine if 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 you're in a relationship where you complete where you totally and completely and consistently feel like you are wrong mm -hmm. with every issue that comes up in that relationship, that does something to you on a very yeah. personal level. I mean, that's 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 messing with your personality. That's messing with your ego. That's messing with your with your very uh, perception of yourself. But but you know what? Because he's th these people are very smart. So you have periods that everything are amazing, and you're having mm. such a good time, and you 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 finally think yes, that's the right person. And because they're they're exploiting every every insecure of every insecurity you have, or so you have periods that everything is like in in cloud nine, and you get the periods which things are bad. So it's kind of, I mean, at least for me, this is how it will kept changing. And if, if it keeps changing, the time just gets dragged. You know, it's, you do, don't realize. Do you ladies, happening. do you ladies think, because um, I know in a domestic violence situation, and, and I, I, I learned this as a, as a police officer, um, domestic violence goes in, cir in, in cycles. Uh, you know, um, the man beats the woman. Uh, then there will be a long period after that of very uncomfortable uh, tension in the air. And then he'll come around and he'll start sweet talking her, mm -hmm. apologizing, yeah. saying he's going to change. And then there's a period of a, of a honeymoon period where everything is yeah. fine. Everything is not just fine, but maybe everything is, is, is heavenly. It's just a beautiful mm -hmm. period where he is just giving, giving, giving. And then slowly resentment starts building and then he beats her again. Okay. Now, Absolutely. there's a lot of speculation as to whether or not that is consciously calculated by the abuser. Some people will say, some experts will say that that is intentional. He does that. He, uh, he understands the power of that cycle and the uncertainty that that cycle will bring. But then there's other experts who say that that's, it, it's, it's, uh, I don't want to blame the victim, but, but it's a, it's a thing about, about human nature where we want to reconcile, where we want to fix things. And both the abuser and the victim want to fix things because love is involved. Right. Uh, so they both contribute. I'm sorry, Lexi, what'd you say? Yeah, no, it's just on the one point. Love is involved exactly. on, on one side. Exactly. And so the other one side is about power and control. Exactly. And so both parties unconsciously fall into this cycle. Uh, what do you ladies think? Maybe you, Altair, can answer this. Do, do you think that this is very conscious and very 
intentional and calculated by the narcissist or is there some element of i don't know in some sort of evolutionary um uh automatically yeah something that we fall into mm. automatically the narcissist can't really help themselves it's a mental disorder what do you say what do you say to that um i do think it's a mental disorder i do think that for whatever reason individuals who have narcissism haven't learned to form relationships they haven't learned whether it was in childhood through attachment whether it's through previous trauma whether it's through something biochemical but there is it can definitely be classified there are specific behaviors there are specific patterns it is identified and this isn't um oh he's a narcissist he takes the best selfies of himself all the time it's not that what we joke about in in media it is a very deep it's deeper than that yeah place it's deeper oh, than a it, series of uh, of cool yes. looking selfies it's a lot deeper and, than that. and the cycle um the cycles happen for whatever kind of narcissist you are that, that the cycles do happen um i, I don't know i i the more i have learned through speaking to the other ladies the more I, I don't know. I, I genuinely, it, it, because I look back on it and I can't tell. I can't tell what was him genuinely feeling remorse and regret, but the cycle was the same. I could pick how long it was going to take and I knew certain things like it wasn't worth raising and arguing because it, it, I would pay the price with mm. being rejected not being spoken to for several days. Um, it was very, very difficult. Um, but I also think he's not... I don't know. I honestly don't know. Sometimes I think he's so self-aware. He knows exactly what he's doing. And then there'd be other times when we were together and I think, you're such a slave to, this, to these emotions of yours. I honestly don't know. <laughs> I guess I, I guess I wonder if a um, I wonder if a narcissist can be fixed no. through self awareness. Can they realize that they are a narcissist and then wish to better themselves and they can grow out of it? You're shaking your head, no, Lexi. What do you think? No, because uh, it, the the research has been done. Narcissists don't do they they don't even go to therapy. They only go to therapy if uh, they they're pressured within the by the narcissistic supply. But now, if you want this relationship to work, you go to therapy, and then they go they'll go maybe they'll go maximum three times, no more than that, because the 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 risk is too big to have the mask torn off. You tear off the mask of the narcissist, the narcissist crumbles because the narcissist has a false self so big that he cannot handle reality, he cannot handle regular relationships. So no, I mean, he can try, he can mimic, and he can function so, in society. So one, once a narcissist, always a narcissist. Pretty until the, until research shows me something different. Then uh, what about what about once a narcissist, always a narcissist? but one can evolve into a functional narcissist. In other words, you have this, this, uh, this malady, you have this, 
I don't know, mental, mental illness, if, if that's what it is, you have this condition, but you can through, through becoming more self-aware and more, um, um, proactive, you can actually deal with it and dampen some of those narcissistic traits so that you're at least no longer hurting people. Is that possible? Uh, only if you feel remorse and, the, and it, it also depends on, on the other traits like the comorbid traits that the narcissist has. If it's a malignant narcissist, uh, then and and with some antisocial uh, traits as well, like psychopathic traits, and then it, there's no way. There's just absolutely no way because they get off. They get off manipulation. It, it gives them a sense of self, right? I see. I am smarter than this person. Um, I am. I'm, yeah. No, I was just going to say there, there's, uh, I wonder if it's your, your, um, uh, uh, microphone that is causing, Mine? yeah, I wonder, Hello? it seems like when it wiggles a little bit, it's, it's kind of giving now? a lot of background noise. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Well, let's just, it is what it something. is. It is what it is. Yeah. Uh, uh, something I wanted to say about the cycle. Something I want to say about the cycles, which is it's in three stages. So you have the idealization, which is the beginning phase where everything is wonderful, the honeymoon, the love bombing, when you get all the praise, you get all the wonderful words, you get all the gifts, and you think everything is wonderful. And then slowly, when you start feeling secure, the moment you start feeling secure, uh, the devaluation, I mean, devaluing starts. So it might be small little things like a little bit of distancing um, and, you know, and then you start questioning. That's when you go, hang on a minute. Yeah. Things were so good. What's going on? Tell me what's happening. You start questioning. That means you're confronted. And, but this time the narcissist has already been um, hoovering because that's what they do. They hoover their, their narcissistic supply. So it's like they have a garage and inside this garage is the harem, the harem garage, all of the narcissistic supply in there. So when they start getting bored after the love bombing, after the idealization phase, they start sending out carpet messages like, hello, love. What are you doing? I'm so sad. It's always a soap story so that you can get hooked up. I'm so sad. Life is so hard. My ex is so crazy. And then, and then when you confront them, what they do is that they drop you. They stonewall you. They gaslight you and they stonewall you. So they stop talking to you. And then they make you think that you're insane for confronting him with stuff. And then they discard you. That's it. The silence, they, they create a situation where you, you fight. You end up fighting and breaking up. And then they're off to the next supply, right? Now, well, the next supply is because there's always like A, B, and C, and then all the extra, just in case. Yeah. And now, then you come back, and then you do it again and again. Now, now, how can we can we get into the circumstances um, that led to the three of you becoming aware of each other? I mean that that that's it, it. Sounds like a Hollywood movie. It sounds like a drama movie. Uh, can you guys talk about that? Um. Okay. Well, um, there had been a social situation, and this person that I was with, that I. I considered him my boyfriend. He told me I was his girlfriend. And you had um, been with him for how long at this point? Sorry. Um, 
on and off in the long distance relationship and, and when I was back and things like that. Um, probably, a, probably only officially six months. Okay. But we'd had, we'd had, we'd been sort of online dating for a very long time before that. We'd had very intimate messages for a long time before that. Okay. Before we actually made it official. Okay. Um, I was in a social situation with this person. It was a great night. Met Lexi. He had purposely introduced me to Lexi. I had did not know that he was having a relationship with her. Um, when I found out, there were certain things that were coming up and I thought, this isn't right. He was almost wanting me to ask about her. So I did. And he said, oh, they were lovers in the past and they had been lovers. And I was like, well, that's awful. You know, you should have told me before we met. I must have made her feel so uncomfortable and dismissive and no. me being so empathetic and kind. I thought about this for a day and I was like, that was an awful situation for her to have to be in. I'm really annoyed that he made me complicit in that. I, I, I'm really uncomfortable with it. So I reached out and I wrote to her and I said, look, hi, it's me. I introduced myself again. I said, I'm really sorry. That's not the way I want to meet significant people in my boyfriend's life. <laughs> I, I, I'm really sorry for any discomfort I caused to you. It wasn't intentional. I really enjoyed your company. It would be nice to meet you in a different way. Then Lexi wrote back and was like, you're, I'm sorry, what? He's your boyfriend? Oh, and didn't we all start having fun? And I was like, wait, hang on. And then I, because I had um, known that ex, uh, Effie was in and out of his life and sometimes he was saying that she was being very difficult and sometimes she was his girlfriend and sometimes she wasn't. <laughs> and then I said, well, what about Effie? And Lexi was like, say what? Uh. <laughs> so, but what we did that I think more women need to do yes. is the woman is not your enemy. Mm. We have all been duped in this case. It's yeah. in not having secrets, we give ourselves power back yes. because the manipulation and the lies is what gives the narcissist, what gives the con man his power. By mm. taking away the lies, by exposing the con, he doesn't have power over us anymore. And and also we can free ourselves. So mm. rather than be all uh, aggressive towards each other, we chose to make contact. We chose to have conversations and be quite sensible and open and honest and expose our raw feelings to each other. I would imagine that that I would imagine yeah. that that I would imagine that that openness that the three of you displayed and and uh, and the fact that the three of you shared your experiences it kind of speeded up your individual healing process. Yes, totally. Because yes. if 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 it would have been uh, if it would have been uh, like like a lot of people would imagine it would be and what a lot of people experience is that the three if the three of you would have started fighting arguing. Uh, you know, slandering, back talking. That's a whole nother element that just adds to the drama, adds to the pain, oh. adds to the frustration. I think that, that, that if there's anything beautiful about this, it is the beauty that is the three-way friendship that the three of you have now. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I think, and I, and I think, I think that is an important, 
uh, visual for people uh, to see that in in the midst of that tornado of narcissism and, and manipulation, uh, the three of you chose to go the way you did and kind of support each other, kind of, Mm. you know, a a three-way counseling session to talk your way (laughs) through uh, what what happened. Uh, Because anything else would have just added to the drama. It would have added to your own individual pain, right? Yes. Yeah. And you can't, when you're going through all the deflecting, and I'm going to use the word gaslighting, when you're going through these experiences, and you you become, I, I'm too sensitive, I'm over-emotional, I'm being judgmental, oh, it's me, oh, oh, I'm reading too much into it, I'm being paranoid. And the only person who you then trust is the, is the con man yeah. because he's started yeah. to control your whole perception. So the only person whose point of view you trust is his. So by the three of us being able to reach out to each other, and, and for anyone, for anyone else who's going through an experience like this, reach out to a friend or someone who, prior to this relationship, you trusted, whose judgment you still trust because you can't trust your own anymore. And the three of us could talk to each other and say, hey, did you ever get this? He said this. And we could compare notes, which not in a, in a horrible graphic way, but we could say, and it, it makes you see that you have been conned yeah. because you don't want to believe it. You no. loved this person so much. Yeah. You changed your life for this person. You were ready to settle down and move forward in your life because that's he dropped these little hints that that's where he wanted it to go. May or may not have said it directly, but he led you to believe in a dream because yeah. it suited him. And it's very crushing to think, well, suddenly this person doesn't love me anymore. But when the three of you or whoever else is involved can talk about it, you see that it was all a lie. Yeah. yeah. And as much as it hurts, you can, you can turn away and you can be strong and you can stand yeah. up and hold your head high. Did this guy yes. ever talk about his childhood? Oh, Yes. <laughs> that's how they get you they have a they have a sob story right how much of that sob story do you think is true <laughs> i mean it could be true but we don't know you don't know no no, no, no. You, the family are usually portrayed in such a way that you either don't feel that you should ever reach out to these people or they present stories about their childhood that but you know you really shouldn't talk to them about it it's very traumatic for them yeah. it would be very painful if you raised it with them so you're not you're not in a, a place to make those decisions and by the time you are the con man or the narcissist is aware that you're no longer under his control and he will start to shut you out yeah. so yeah how did it's how did difficult the, to know. how did the three of you end your relation how did your relationship with this guy end um effie if we could start with you how did it how did you round it off how did you finish building um, the wall between you and him well at some point i had i had thoughts that he was uh uh cheating on me which of course he defended saying no 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 we're just friends la, la, la. and at some point i'm like yeah okay you're, you're a jerk this is this cannot happen. It was too much 
it was it became too much for me yeah. to to absorb you know and i'm like yeah okay this is not working so i just left and um it was after that that i i, I got uh lexi uh reaching out and i found out so for me it was over for a while before i realized what actually has happened i see Hmm. Interesting. And hmm. Lexi, how did you end your relationship with him? Oh, pretty much immediately after talking to Altair. Yeah, because that that I, I'm, yeah, because I was hmm. trying to picture how that episode, you know, that scene, if you will, in the movie, the two of you meeting, <laughs> and then I, I don't know. I, run me, run me through this, Lexi. What were you thinking? You meet Altair with this guy. And, I'm sh and did did he present her to you as his girlfriend? I know, as a friend. As a friend. My, I want you to meet my friend Altair. I think you two will hit it off. Was this at a so party? Was this at a party or was this at a club somewhere? Uh, or Bar. At a bar, okay. Yeah. So at that bar, you know, when you're in a relationship with someone, you can, people can see it. Uh, uh, you, you, the, you, you display, you display a certain amount of intimacy, the way you look at them, the way you touch them, the yeah, tone of your voice. Yeah. So Lexi, when, did, did he, did he, did you go to this bar with him or were yeah. you there first? And then he showed up with Altair. No, he was with Altair. So he said, Oh my, yeah. They, 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 they've been out together and I had a, something else to do and he kept messaging me saying, when are you ready? Come, come and join us. Come and join us. And, and, and <laughs> so he I, invited, uh, he invited yeah, this confrontation. Yeah. Wow. And so, but when I got there, I got, I got a really strong sense that hey, here's something I'm not, you know, this is not right. Right. And, but I didn't want to cause a scene. No. So I just kept clocking. And then I, I froze. So I didn't want to be near him. And I, I kind of moved away from him because I felt this, I cannot touch this person. And um, and then uh, what happened then is that I, I just couldn't handle it anymore. So I went outside. I just went outside. And, and he came outside. And I said, to, I said to him, I'm so angry right now. You are being dishonest. And he and he slammed his drink on the table and 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 went you know uh, fine you are you know you're angry you believe what you want to believe and you're you're making things up basically so wow. classic yeah and then it, yeah the, no I was just awful and so so that was the end that was the end of your relationship with him then that night oh no oh. <laughs> <laughs> Tell, tell me more. <laughs> no, no. The thing is, the cycle repeats itself, right? Okay. So this is what happens. There's a, there's a period of, of no contact, and then, um, then it then uh, it's the, the the contact again. The the message. The the. Uh, the, the, I'm sorry, the, the thing that happened shouldn't have happened, but uh, yes, you were right. We were lovers before, but now we're just friends. Uh, and she was really ill that night, so I had to take care of her. I see. Wow. Yeah. So, so how long yeah. after that night? Because that's a that's a very telling uh, episode um, in your relationship with him. So, how long after that did you remain in a relationship with him? 
you know what? I don't remember now. It's okay. it's been a while. So it's just, I I, yeah, I guess what I what I'm it getting it must have been a few weeks because I, I was going to say I sorry. guess what I'm getting at is that even after an experience like that, uh, it's actually quite can I use the word normal mm -hmm. that a woman would continue in a relationship with a man like that? It's almost like mm -hmm. you don't want to believe what you are mm -hmm. experiencing. You don't want to believe what that inner voice is telling you. So you try to, so you try to fight through it. You try to fix it again. Yeah. You have to, you are the one that has done something wrong or you are the one that is yeah. uh, that maybe you haven't done. You don't feel like you've done anything wrong, but you feel like you have to mm -hmm. try and fix things. So, Yes. The relationship continues in spite of such an ugly confrontation as that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I think um, when, because this, this is not unusual, when you are in this kind of relationship for with, with a con man or narcissist to, for them to closely bring other people in their life, the other people, his, his, his other lovers or his other women, he might be um, seeing a bartender. This didn't happen in my case, but I know that it happens. Um, and the the man might take another woman on a date there and be flirting with her and making eye contact at the bartender or um, might just happen to be at your favourite club yeah. or suddenly talking about some, you know, it's – it's almost like a dare. It's almost a yeah. thrill. It's part of the attraction and the thrill and the game and the control he has over you. Mm. But you have been systematically undermined for a very long time mm -hmm. to not believe yourself. Something's happening right in front of you at mm -hmm. that table you're sitting at, mm -hmm. but you have been told for months and months and months don't trust your own judgment. You're mm. jealous. You're, you're the jealous type. So when, when it you're, comes when it comes to your judgment or your in, inner voice, Altair, um, mm. you have this this evening at the bar where you you meet Lexi. Uh, did mm. you understand at that point that he had been cheating? Well, cheating. Yeah, yeah whatever. That he was in multiple relationships. Oh, did, is that when you understood um, that? I didn't at, – at that time when I was meeting her, there was a, f a couple of comments in conversation. I thought, huh, that was a bit weird. What does that mean? But I I was well into my night by then. This was very late in the night. We'd been having a beautiful evening. I was being very girlfriendy. I see. I was doing all the, you know, stroking his hair and rubbing his neck and holding hands and kisses as I walked past on the top of the head. So I was – I was in my element. I, I had no idea. And it wasn't until it came up um, that I was aware of that there was something wrong about that whole situation, which is why I reached out to her. Um, but for a woman who's witnessing this behaviour, you we all know about fight or flight, but there's also freeze. Mm. So one reaction mm. for a woman who hasn't been gaslighted and undermined for months would be to stand up, throw your drink, slap him, call him names and storm out. Yeah. Another woman might grab her bag and burst into tears and cry yeah. and run to her best mate's house and never talk to him again. The other response when you've been worn down and you feel so threatened and you don't trust your environment, you don't trust your reality, to freeze. 
and just yeah. let it happen yeah. because you cannot possibly, this can't be real. You can't actually be experiencing this because what, what a, a jerk, what kind of jerk would do this to the woman that he's professing his love for? And it is such a, a rush for them. Because yeah. he can do this to you. He controls your reality. Hmm. And so I feel for Lexi because it was your whole gut is screaming something is so wrong, but your body is like hmm. this. Our whole world is about to fall apart. I can't accept this. I hmm. can't I can't see that this is happening to me. Hmm. And it's, it's crushing. It's absolutely crushing. Yeah. And slowly you have to accept that, yeah, yeah. this is real. Hmm. And that acceptance process can be crushing, I would imagine, because I would imagine some feelings of inadequacy, some uh, misplaced feelings of guilt, uh, some definitely misplaced uh, feelings of responsibility begin to arise. And that's a whole nother process that has to be dealt with on the individual basis, correct? Mm. Yes, let, me, let, let, let me ask you something, Effie. When is the last time you, or, well, since you've, since you've ended your relationship with this guy, have you had any more contact with him? Has he tried to come back and explain things or... So of course, there's always remorse. Oh, I'm so sorry. Ah, la, la, la. Uh, please take me back. I miss you. I can't stop thinking about you. And even even though I didn't like answer text messages, he kept sending them. Does he still send over them? Because it's like I ego, you know, because I left him because I understood that something was wrong, and I was correct after all that something was wrong. But of course, he never. They never do accept that, you no. know. How how long They're, ago was the last? No, I'm sorry. How long ago was the last time he tried to contact you? <clears throat> like, um, yeah, after the whole incident, you mean? Yeah. Oh, month. Okay. Persistence. <laughs> um. Lexi, how about you? Has this guy tried to come back and make amends and continue the relationship? Uh, not in the same way. That's the thing because, I mean, he's been in con. He, yeah, he, he was in contact up to that, and but he there was more aggression to it. Oh. So uh, there's there's something there's an element of social con construct here, right? So uh, very conditioned about. You know, society and how, how men view women and what purpose women play in the roles of the phallocentric uh, narcissist. Because everything is, is about his penis and what his penis can do and what women can <laughs> do to his penis. And preferably all of the women and all of the men together can do to his penis. That's what it's all about. So so then the, the, the women who are the, the supplies the, the, the narcissist the narcissistic supplies uh, play the different parts the different societal uh, roles that we have been given so you have you have the mother you have the the romantic dream and then you have the whore these are the roles that you are given right so the the three of us play these three different roles um what you do who do you who do you remove who do you remove? Who do you attack? Who is worth less than everybody else? Right? Me, man. The one who has the, the, 
you got yeah we so we all get we all get different responses right mm. depending on the, the needs that he has his need right now well right, well, right after the, the the incident was to have a sense of security again yeah so he will go for that security he found with the supply that was giving the grounding the home the all of that but he will attack I see. He will attack the, the person who reveals everything or, um, yeah, doesn't give him that supply, that grounding, but rather disturbs, disturbs his plan. So where, where you know, and we don't want to out this guy. We don't want to dox him. I don't want no. people to know who he is. But no. Can can one of you tell me where this guy is now? What is he doing with his life now? Do you have any insight into what what's happening with this guy at the current moment? No. No. And you probably don't Maybe care. We don't we know he's around, but you know, but no. So you you haven't heard of any other women who have um had any dealings with this guy? Um, at the time of our discussion, yeah, or or we since were then, able to ah, uh, I I couldn't say for sure. Okay, no, there's it would it would mean going back into his world, yeah, and social media, and there's no and interest, his, uh, yeah. Uh, and it's also it's a um, it's a dark process. But what we can do is we know what was happening at that time. We know the women who are also probably in that circle at that time and we know how he worked. Um, but to actually go in and make further assessment now, would we need to reconnect with him. And it's, it's too hard. Yeah. I just wonder how many other women he has uh, so negatively affected because he's he's probably still out there. I don't know. Does he have any criminal tendencies? Has he ever been arrested for anything before? Yes, he has. Okay. Um, what kind of what kind um, of things? Disorderly conduct. Yeah, drunk and disorderly. I mm. see. I see. Mm. Is he an alcoholic? Yeah. Okay. Yes. yes. Interesting. Wow, you know, um, so so now the, the the three of you are finished with this guy, but mm -hmm. how is you know? I, I guess this is a personal question, but I think in the context of the conversation we're having, I think it's it's legitimate to ask. Uh, now that you're finished with this guy, how is your love life or your your current relationship at the moment? <laughs> Effie, um, we'll start with you. Um, I have moved on, so I'm fine. <laughs> are you are you are you currently in a relationship? Yeah, I'm more on dating stage, not in relationship. Yet. Has but, has this uh, guy has this yeah has this guy that you're the the guy that you're dating now has he had to work maybe a little bit harder because yes. now you've got an antenna that's up a little bit higher than it was before. Was everything changes after that, and your guards are like very high. <laughs> so, 
Yes, it it, uh, it it takes a period to absorb yeah. everything yeah. and uh, uh, like try again. But you know, I'm an optimistic person, so I'm like, yeah. okay, it happened. It's in the past. You just have to move on. You cannot because if you just keep uh, reliving the past, it's like he's winning kind of because yeah. he still controls yeah. and he doesn't deserve. He doesn't deserve anger or fear or any emotion whatsoever i see Nothing. how about uh how about you altair have you, you, you um, you've moved on you're finished with that relationship but how is that affecting your current relationship if you're in a current relationship um no only dating yeah. but very i've become I, I have an expectation now. I'm not as giving or as leading or as nice. Um, Do you I, feel that you're suffering because of that? Because of those reservations? Um, because isn't it? Doesn't it feel good to to give? Doesn't it feel good to trust? Oh, no, no, no. I'm still giving. Yeah, but but, but in maybe the initial stages, you you take it slower. You let them have an opportunity to give to you. And it's sensible and it's reasonable um, without riding the con man ride where you have these dramatic, fast rushes. You build it slow and steady and you find it's genuine and you spend time really connecting, really finding out about who that person is and what their life is like. Um, but I'm not going to – I'm slower, I'm more cautious, but I won't not be me. I will always be the one who wants to help you stand up. I will always be the one who takes a step behind to hold your hand so you That's can find beautiful. your way. I will always do that. But I will ask questions first and I will look for consistencies in their story. So I want to meet friends as friends, as the girlfriend, um, and whatever style of re relationship it is, um, it has to be slow and true and, and build it genuinely. Well, that's, uh, that, that's good to hear you say these things that you've said just now, uh, because there is an image out there, uh, of the woman who has been manipulated. The woman who has been hurt is a woman who has become bitter and that bitter woman hates or closes the door on a potentially good man. There's an image, there's a narrative out there that there are many women who are just like that and good men suffer because of the way those women handle their trauma. Yeah. What do you, how would you speak to that narrative? Is there some truth to that narrative? Everybody's scared. We're all scared. Even if you've had three wonderful relationships and three sad breakups, you're always scared that you're going to open up and give yourself to someone else and they are going to let you down. They won't accept you for who you are. Um, but but still you give and still you're open to that. You, you have, all you can do is believe in yourself mm -hmm. and believe that there are other peop good people out there because if you don't, it's a very sad and dark world. And we all know that how difficult things can be. 
but you just have to keep you have to believe inside you have to look inside yourself and say before this terrible relationship i liked myself i was a good person i had admirable qualities which is what attracted that man to me in the yes. first place he used them yes. in a terrible way he took mm-hmm. advantage of me but these are good qualities and i will not give up my strengths i will not give up my beauty because someone else tried to corrupt it that's such so, that's so beautifully that's so beautifully stated that is very beautifully stated and i think um, that's very important i almost want to ask you to repeat that 10 times word for word so that the <laughs> listeners can hear that um you know up in up in all of the the up in all of the trauma and all of the the manipulation you cannot forget who you are how good you are and what you have to offer um very beautifully stated miss miss lexi um you are in a current you are in a relationship currently correct or well dating i'm dating and um how has the experience with this con man affected your dating parameters or your dating style or has it affected the same the same way as altair was explaining you know uh, go slow get to know the person and and remembering all the the red flags that you ignored in the previous one remember those yeah. because uh, the, the the information is right there in front of you sure know? sure it's right there all around there's something else i want to say about this um about con men like this like the narcissists who are out there who are out there and uh, they they lure people into their beds and whatnot and they might uh, try to convince you not to have uh, to use protection because it might be telling you that you're the only one yes. so how many other people you know people can be infected with all kinds of diseases if, if the person is running around uh, being irresponsible and he's doing if he's doing it knowingly there is actually it is possible to be charged for uh, with attempted murder if you have the hiv virus and you engage in unprotected sex that's true without that's true. telling your partner that's true yeah it is possible to be charged with attempted murder so uh if anyone and in norway there's a law called uh smith the and and if you break that law there are severe consequences and that law has been running around. Sorry. No, I was going to say for those who don't uh, don't live in Norway, that law is basically a law saying that uh, if you know that you are infected with a potentially deadly disease, um, and then you willfully take no steps to protect a um, a lover or a sexual partner. Uh, then you will be treated as if you attack that person with a deadly weapon. Yes. And I think that's a great law, and I think that law needs to be in place. I like it. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I'm sorry. I just wanted to. I just wanted to explain for the listeners who don't live here yeah. in Norway. Yeah. 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 Great. Great. Yeah. That, that's also information that is important to get out uh, because this is how they operate. Mm. If they make you believe that you're the only one, and the, and you're having unprotected sex. Uh, it's a menace. It's a danger to society, and we need to be aware. Was this guy um, someone who weaponized a potentially deadly disease? We don't. We can't say. But okay. um, 
But he did weaponize uh, sex and he weaponized love. Yeah. Yeah. That's what he did. And I think the reason we talked about this with each other was because at the time of the conversation, the initial conversation, um, we were aware through random names that came up, wait, you haven't heard about her? Have you heard about her? So he was running several stories with each of us. So we thought about five or six lovers wow. on top of having us three girlfriends mm. and also a long-distance relationship in two other countries. Mm. So this guy was extremely so, active with quite a handful of different women. Yes. Mm. And so that's what prompted us to talk about safe sex and mm. how we were feeling because that can add another threat to you. You feel like this is something else I need to be worried about. What have I done? What have I exposed myself to? So there's that another element of fear and control, whether the person meant it that way or not. Um, but there, we've had to talk about so much from that first mm. innocent conversation. We've, we've been really brave and I encourage anyone yeah. to be brave. Everything you ever questioned, everything you ever ever thought, lying there in the middle of the night, God, am I stupid for thinking this? You're not. Yeah. Talk to mm. someone you used mm. to trust, someone you used to know well who is outside the situation and talk to them about everything. I think it's pretty common. I think the, the story the three of you are telling is I think it's fairly common, but I don't think it's spoken on often enough. Mm. I think there's embarrassment, you know, there's, there, yeah. there's fear of retribution. Um, how, do, how, do, how do the three of you pull up the courage to come on my podcast and talk about this? What, what is the motivation for that? We all got pissed off. <laughs> you get angry enough when the anger overshadows the fear. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it also about being together, right? Because if you, if you have been on your own with the each in our little corners with the, these stories of betrayal and everything, uh, it would have been very difficult to to get up and do something. And this, it's about taking your power back as well to have a voice because our voices were they were lost. Um, and now after talking and putting things into into place, you know, check even checking the dates. This happened then. This happened. Oh my God! This is the story he told. You know, so to 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 weave the the actual reality, not the fake the reality that the narcissist was presenting, but the the actual reality that we were all going through. So getting we got stronger together. Yeah. By being together in a sisterhood. And, and supporting each other, it's it's a healing process, and it's also empowering. And we want to be able to empower other women out there who are going through the same thing. They can, you know, they can contact us. They can come to us, and and if they don't have anyone near, uh, because it's very easy that if you doubt yourself, and other people might doubt you too. I've had I've had lots of conversations with people who have been through similar situations, and then they've gone and told somebody, and then they have they haven't been believed. Because that person is so charming. That person could never do that. Well, well, one, one thing that I see as a... And, uh, before I say what I want to say, uh, Lexi, can you try unplugging your headset and, and maybe just using the microphone on your, uh, on your laptop? 
I'm wondering if that is the. Can you hear me? Yeah. No, there's still. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I apologize. Uh, I, I apologize to everyone for the. But I don't know. It is what it is. This is. Uh, we're using Facebook Messenger, and it is what it is as far as the sound quality and background noise. Um, no, but what, what I was going to say, um, I think a big problem, uh, a huge problem is, is this culture, you know, uh, the, I call it the bro culture, you know, where a guy is doing what he's doing. He's ruining lives. He's manipulating. He's hurting. Um, very controlling and it's a destructive pattern of behavior that he has towards women and his bros see exactly what he's doing but they kind of take it in as entertainment oh man really did you do that oh yeah really three women well, really you know and and i and i guess i would imagine that every man at some point has been guilty of being a part of that bro culture and if not enabling then at least turning a blind eye to it you know it can start you know in your teen teen years while you're still in high school uh but the problem is is that there's too many adult men who haven't grown out of that who haven't okay. seen the destructiveness of that yeah. so we're, we're doing this podcast episode and and I uh, actually a majority of my listeners are women. Actually, <laughs> I've looked at some <laughs> of the demographics, but there's enough guys out there listening. So I hope they listen to this and I hope they take it to heart and I hope they do something with it. But, but this is just one podcast with, with the few listeners. Um, well, actually it's a good number of listeners that I have, but, but where is the attention on this, on, 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 on this issue? Where is the attention why why aren't why isn't there more awareness uh and when awareness is put on it why do men protest oh it's a sensitive woman oh she hates oh she's a she's a feminist she hates men you know how do we fight I against think, that oh that's a tough question uh, the, well like you do with mo most situations that are particularly relevant today about um, fringe or marginalised people and particularly talking about relationships, um, you can just talk about it. Expose, can, the, expose the issue by through, through dialogue, yeah. through conversation, through debate. Exactly. It actually would have been and, interesting, and I thought about this, uh, and maybe we can come back to this later, where uh, one or two of you, or maybe all three of you can come back. And if I can find a man who has a counterpoint um, um, or a man, yeah, or just a man, another, a male period to come in and have this discussion as well, because I think that would be very enlightening for both men mm -hmm. and women yeah. to have that conversation. You see, men are being groomed as well. I'm sorry. Sorry. I was thinking. I was thinking about what you were saying before about bro culture and the enablers and the 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 thing that the narcissist does is that he grooms yes. the men too. I mean, he grooms the mates. He buys them drinks. Or he you know he sponsors whatever project they have. He 
you know, he might pay for medical bills, whatever it is, he grooms them. So the, the other person, it's not that the, the friend is a bad guy. It's not that the, the, they become the... They, they become indebted to him. Yeah, so, well, oh, he's been so good to me. Yeah. Okay, I see that this guy is bringing all these women to the, the, the our hangout place, and he's making out with all these women in the same week. Uh, but I was just gonna bypass that because you know he buys the drinks or whatever it is that he does. Yeah, yeah. And, and to be fair, there have been men who, through us talking and through. You know, the more you, you say, hey, I've experienced this, you get other women who go, oh, I think I, yeah, that, that sounds like what happened, what I went through. But there are, and I know for me, I ha- did have someone come up and say to me, you're really nice. He's an ass. What are you doing? I was like, what? No, no, it's not. Because it's so intense at the beginning. It is a genuine honeymoon period. We all have that. But this is very heightened. Um, I was like, no, no, that's not him. What are you talking about? I've never seen any evidence of that behaviour. Or, and you just don't believe it. Well, I um, think I think also it doesn't necessarily yeah. have to be a uh, romantic relationship. Um, I know mm. of women who are just on mm. a friendship basis. There's no sex involved there's no intimacy or monogamy involved uh they're just friends but some but that but the guy has you know it's it's quite obvious to everyone else that this guy is a narcissist and that he is controlling Mm -hmm. and he's telling whatever lies he needs to tell to have this non-sexual harem of women Mm -hmm. around him to support him in whatever he does and that is uh, you know, then then I really question that man's motives because sex isn't involved. The relationship isn't there. Mm-hmm. It's just a friendship. And yet he still, and, and I'm thinking of a specific person that I know of, and he, he has to have this surrounding, uh, uh, this, mm-hmm. this gang of women, if you will, who support yeah. his every word. And he is extremely narcissistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone outside of that circle sees the lies and the manipulation and this fake, this fake structure of friendships that he has created in order to lift himself up. And it's, it's quite fascinating to watch. Um, so that's another side of the narcissism that, you know, it it doesn't necessarily have to do with sex. A narcissist is a void and they will take as much light and as much love as they can to fill themselves, but they will never be satisfied. And mm. when the people they draw upon are exhausted and fed up and can give no more, they will start drawing in other people. So they're constantly looking for people to pull in to support their ideal of themselves, which is false. They have a false ideal of themselves, yeah. but they constantly <laughs> need to pull in people. Now, um, I, now, I, family members. now I have to talk behind Effie's back. She just got up to go do, to I don't know, to do something. And now all of that background noise is gone. So oh I have tried to point the finger at all three of you, but I think it's Effie who has the bad sound. <laughs> Poor thing. <laughs> um, yeah. No, it, yeah, I'm just going to cough. Excuse me. No, go ahead. <laughs> it's all happening. <laughs> um, 
I want to I want to ask about something because you, you are um, you know I I know you Alejandro I know you much much better than than my other two guests here um, mm-hmm. and and thank you for tolerating that I was teasing you at my last stand up show <laughs> so thank, thank you for tolerating that yeah it was a fun night it really was but I want to get a little bit into the and just briefly about the background of you Effie and you Altair now Effie I know mm-hmm. you you are concerned about privacy and whatnot but can, but can i ask you what it is that brought you to norway in the beginning oh um i have my job okay your so, job yeah yeah no but with my job so yeah, you came because, on a work uh, on a work visa i don't need a visa I was oh, I'm sorry. For of course Norwegian. of course you are yeah 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 <laughs> So I was working for an Norwegian company from other parts of the world, and they just uh, brought me here okay. at some point. Okay. And you, mm-hmm. you you have no plans at the moment of of changing where you live. In other words, no. in other words, this episode with this man hasn't affected your life to the point to where you no. need to make no. 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 Okay. And mm-hmm. and and you, Altair, you've you've since this relationship, you've moved back to Australia. But this man yeah. is not the reason why you left, is it? No. No. What is it that brought you to Norway in the first place? Um, I was on a scholarship to go to the University of Oslo. Okay. To study? So, um, archaeology. Archaeology. Wow. And, interesting. Yeah, settlement of the North Atlantic. I was interested in that area, which is difficult to do from all the way down here. <laughs> so, um, and there was a, a couple of professors there I quite liked. So, I uh, applied for a scholarship. I got it. Went for a year came back for six months, got another scholarship, went back again, uh, and then stayed. So I, I love Norway. Uh, I absolutely adore Norway. And I've got some, I, I still do have some amazing friends over there. So I, I'm, I try to go back as much as I can. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a fascinating country. I've been here for 18 years. And it's uh, – every, every, yeah, 18 years. <laughs> and every, every day – I'm I something happens or I see something or I think of something mm. that makes me fascinated all over again about living here. Yeah. 18 years oh, yeah. and I'm still not used to living here. It's still it's still exciting. It's not it's not home. I'm always homesick, constantly homesick, but but you mm. know this is this is interesting. It's it's exciting to be here. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. Um what do we want people to walk away with? Um Let's start with the women who have listened to this podcast episode. What do we want them to walk away with after listening to this? The women. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. The love that you felt or you feel is real. The lies that you've been told are not. And it's not your fault. The other thing is do not confront the narcissist because he will send his flying monkeys (laughs) eventually. So... Um, check yourself for STDs. Uh, if he's still, he's still going to try and contact you, you know, so you go, you go gray rock. And when you go gray rock, you become uninteresting. And then gray rock. Is- yeah, you become like a rock, like a gray rock. You're so, you become so uninteresting that they, okay. I see. Yeah. Well, hold on now. Isn't a gray rock. Couldn't that be interesting to an archeologist? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <I'm not a> 
I'm trying not to comment because I'm getting a little bit excited about this, but no. <laughs> I know what you mean. It's uh, all right, Lexi. I know. I'm sorry, Lexi. I had to, I had to say it. <laughs> That's okay. This is the comedian in you, right? So, 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 yeah, so it's, it's not their fault. That is the main message that you would like women to walk away with it's not their fault and they can they can make the situation better and confronting the narcissist isn't the way to go maybe the best thing to do is just walk away yeah yes and then and then what about the men what do you want the men who are listening to this podcast episode what do you want them to walk away with maybe you can answer that altair um I think if there's a man listening to this and he's listened this far, he perhaps isn't a narcissist um, because it would have become too threatening to to realising that there's something going on. If you see a friend, a sister, it might be a male friend. There are very determined female narcissists as well. Oh, yes. If you see anybody going through this experience... Mm. And they, they you, suddenly they're not the person that they were. They question themselves a lot more. They tolerate behaviours that you know that they would not have. They would not let anyone else do to a friend of theirs, but they'll let it happen to themselves. If you see those behaviours, say to them, "What's going on?" Give them an opportunity to talk and really listen, um, and encourage them to find their own judgment again, encourage them to find some belief in themselves, encourage them to maybe write it down. This happened. And if, ask them, why don't, why do you think you're wrong? Why do you not believe that that happened? And see whether it's their own judgment or whether they've been manipulated to think that they're wrong. So stand by these people in any situation where you're looking at mental or physical abuse, ask them, are you okay? Can I do something for you? That's a, that's, I don't know what. What can I do? And, and that's, a very, that's very important what you're saying here because I do believe that a lot of people, you know, p- people recognize a victim when they see one, mm. especially if it's a friend of yours. You can tell if something is troubling them and you have a certain amount of uh, insight into their relationship because you're their friend and you may see some things. And the, what I don't understand is that so often people just remain quiet. Maybe they're thinking, ah, that's my friend, but they'll work it out. That's not my business. They'll get through it. When maybe that little word of encouragement or that question, you know, what's going on that might open the door towards action that could remove that friend from that abusive or that narcissistic (laughs) relationship. Right. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. And, and if you are seeing a male friend mm-hmm. do these behaviors, misleading women, having multiple lovers, and pretending, oh no, we're all just in an open relationship. <laughs> like seriously, yeah. how many guys do you know genuinely do that without lying their backsides off? Yeah. yeah. So hard not to swear, John. I'm really sorry. Um, say to them, mate, she really likes you. She seems like, what are you doing? And if they blow up at you, as a man, your mate blows up at you for you supporting a woman who he's taking advantage of, then he's not worth it. Mm. You are being tainted by that same brush. 
If you are not going to stand up for someone in a disadvantaged position, you are just as bad because you're enabling him to encourage this behaviour. You're making him think it's cool, it's fun, it's not. Stand up for what you yeah. think is right, no matter what. Well, we just are a reflection of our surroundings, our social surroundings. So if you are a guy who wants to be part of that bro culture and you see someone out there hurting women, manipulating and all that stuff, that's a reflection on you. Mm, I truly, absolutely. I truly believe that. Um, I have, I have a yeah. question for you ladies and, and either one of you can answer this. Now I've, I've been married for 19 years. Um, that's a long time. <laughs> I don't know a lot of people. I don't have a lot of friends who have been married even anywhere close to, to 19 years. Mm. So I am very far removed from the dating culture. And I realized something in talking with the three of you, um, um, where I would, I, I asked you, are you in a, are you in a current relationship? And then you say, I'm ju I'm just dating, but I've always thought of dating as being in a relationship. What's the difference between just dating and being in a relationship? Maybe I'm old-fashioned. Maybe I'm so far removed from that world that I just don't get it. What's the difference between dating and being in a relationship? Aren't they? I mean, it, when you're dating, isn't that a relationship? Mm, you're getting to know somebody. Just the uh, yeah. yeah. So how okay? You so how long do you get going out? Yeah, well, you may be going out for dinner. You may be getting to know this person. You may or may not be having sex. It's different for different women. How many? But you're, you're putting yourself in social opportunities when that's wow. You're putting yourself in social opportunities to get to know someone. So is the element um, of sex the deciding factor of whether or not you're in a relationship? No. No. Huh? Is time an element? The element that is the deciding factor on whether or not you're in a relationship or just dating. Is it time? And and the quality, the quality of the time that you're spending together, and the and the commitments that you decide to make together, and the plans you, you make for the future. Can, can you explain what kind of quality has to be in that time sharing thing, so um, that it goes that, that so that it goes over so that it goes over mm -hmm. from a dating situation to a relationship? How would you define it? Uh, well, it, it varies from, from person to person and the type of relationship that you're looking for. But it, it is, for me, it is uh, when you uh, have an active concern for the emotional well-being of your partner and both of you have that, that's, that's a relationship to me. But don't you, don't, do you have that? Do, do you not have a concern for the other person's well-being uh, from the minute you start spending time with them? I mean, there must have been something about them that elevated them above the rest of the herd, if you will, to where you would want to spend time with them. And th doesn't that involve a certain amount of caring for their well-being? Yeah, but it's not the same investment because you're not planning together, right? I see. When you start planning together, that, that's when you are in a relationship. That's when you, you actively, you're actively going, okay, we are going out, we're meeting this week, we're meeting next week, we're doing this this thing together, we are creating together, we are, that's when you're in a relationship. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. Obviously, obviously, I don't know how to date, but I obviously I don't know how to date, but I guess that's okay because I'm married. So, <laughs> <laughs> and I I think because these days a lot of relationships, or you may meet people through technology, you may meet online. You do need a few opportunities to meet them face to face, yeah, to see if they are the person you've come to believe they are, yeah. Um, yeah. All of us here know how wrong that can go. Yeah. But um, uh-huh. yeah, I'm not. I'm not totally. I'm not totally. Uh, I'm not totally obtuse. I'm playing the devil's advocate to a certain degree here. But yes. but but in all truthfulness, the 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 modern dynamic of dating. You know how one goes about it. How one initiates contact with a person. That is a totally foreign concept to me and it's it's very i think i've asked you or talked with you briefly about this before on an earlier podcast episode lexi uh it just it, it fascinates me how people do that it seems to require uh, a higher degree of bravery today than it did 20 plus years ago it's changed. That whole dating dynamic has changed. You know what it requires of a person. It seems to be much more difficult and demanding and complex and uncertain and dangerous. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Am I wrong? Dating. Well, dating with technology. You know, like the way the way it is right now. It's like it's dating on steroids. It's full on. You get, you get exactly. all the the communication happening all the time. And you have you have busy lives, and you have things to do, so you have to schedule it in. So it is a lot of organization, and and yeah, and you just want some something that feels natural, and you feel comfortable, and some somebody you click with, you match with. Well, natural, natural isn't the isn't a bit of the 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 natural element removed when one engages in online dating. Well, isn't it natural now? You think so? Okay. Yeah, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. I cannot wait to sit down and have a cup of coffee with that person. Yeah. As much as I'm thinking, oh, this this is really interesting, we're really connecting, until I've sat down and had a cup of coffee, uh, I'm not going to invest too much. I want to. I see. So, but so the dating. Sit down and have a, a face-to-face conversation. Some people don't feel that way. So that online connection for you, that online connection is not the dating process. It's the door opener to where you can begin the dating process later. Yes. When you meet for that me, person. Yes. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I I know some people meet online and might go for a very long time, but they consider themselves to be dating. I see. But for me, it's a door opener. It helps establish a connection, but I want to meet that person. I want to sit down. I want to hear their voice. I want to see the reality of them because it's very – I find it very hard to judge. I like to get that feedback in person. Effie, do you engage in online dating? It's like Effie was saying earlier about that. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Lexi. Go ahead, Lexi. Because as Effie was saying earlier about how when you if, you know the you talk a little bit longer if you're talking online before meeting you have time to create the myth yeah right ah. but but then that happens anyway <laughs> true um, for for my case I'm an introvert 
So I I feel a bit weird exposing myself to anyone. Uh, but I have to say that after the incident that we're discussing, I kind of changed my mindset <laughs> <laughs> on this part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I could see. I guess I could see. You know, social media and online dating as as uh, as a very effective door opener for someone who who is shy or introverted. You know, you don't have to look them in. The, you don't have to. You don't have to ask them face to face. Will you go out with me? You know, that process can be done through online online dating. But then, I guess if you spend too much time getting to know someone online. Uh, as you say, you know, you might create a false image of that person and then your world will come crashing down when you meet them face to face. So I would, I would think that the most effective way to utilize social media or online dating, you know, to get to know someone would be that that online process should be very short. You know, uh, mm -hmm. you see the picture, you like what you see, you briefly find out what their interests are. And it's, it's like, okay, this is good or this can be good. Let's meet and solidify this mm -hmm. or not. Right. But that yeah. meeting, that meet should come relatively quick after that online introduction. Is that a way of looking at it? Do, do, is, is that a, is, does that make this online dating thing safer if we shorten the online process? Um, from an analysis point of view? Any, any, well, I guess in... I guess I'm asking these these types of questions because I wonder if the social media aspect was removed. I wonder if the online aspect was removed. Would you then recognize a narcissist sooner? No, can't. No. But isn't it isn't it isn't it easier for them to hide their true persona behind an online presence? Doesn't that make it easier for them to hide and avoid and avoid no. exposure? Because a lot of this stuff, the lies are just take a different format. Um, it would be I the classic things you might expect in this kind of situation. I've got to work late. Oh, my mate's sick. I've got, I've got to go over and help him move a fridge. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, um, but social media is only a tool. We use it how we use it. The narcissist uses it to get your background story, tailor himself so his approach to you is perfect. We'll do it. You want you want to go on a date with someone, you've read their profile, you've read their responses, you've kind of judged what we can and can't talk about in the early stages, but he does it uh, to such a degree you you couldn't get a better a better boyfriend or a better partner. The, the way they're tailored, but no, it, I guess, it wouldn't matter. I guess I've, I've always seen social media. I mean, there's a lot of good in social media. I enjoy myself on social media. I like to spread, mm -hmm. spread good humor and, and, and compassion and love and, and uh, promote myself, promote my music and all that stuff. But I guess, and, and there's a lot of people who do that, but I do believe that there's a lot of people who are also hiding their true selves behind mm -hmm. that social media profile. And I've always wondered, uh, and especially now during this conversation, I've just wondered if social media makes it easier for a narcissist to hide their true self. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. It, 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 I guess it, when I think of it in the terms of online dating, 
and again, this is this is coming from a guy who's who's been married mm. for nineteen years. Um, I couldn't mm. imagine feeling comfortable. Um, I, I I couldn't imagine feeling like I truly knew someone. You know that I, I couldn't imagine myself having a true first impression, whether that first impression is positive or mm. negative, if I base it on a social media presence. Yes. So I'm just um, one. That's why so you have to meet. Exactly, and that's why I say uh, if you if you want to meet someone and you want to get a sense of who they are, then that should be done as quickly as possible. I mean, I hear stories, mm -hmm. and again, I don't truly understand how how online dating works. But uh, someone goes on Tinder or whatever, and you could have weeks or even months of conversation back and forth before you actually meet the person. Mm -hmm. And I think yeah. the longer you wait to meet a person, the more likely or the the higher the higher the likelihood of you being fooled and getting a false impression of that person catfishing is real you know yeah. have you heard the term catfishing yeah yeah, yeah. that's uh, that's something that happens online when somebody just extends the conversation but does not want to meet i mean it is that's another form of, of being conned it's not a scam uh, but like like Alter was saying, it's just another tool. If we didn't have that, it would be something else. Yeah. Like like everything is weaponized. Like I was saying before, the love is weaponized, sexuality is weaponized, the, the how you identify is weaponized. Uh, so they might be using words like uh, you know like polyamory. When polyamory is is it, is a beautiful thing where where people are consensual and it has the word love in it. Amor, polyamory, it's love. Yeah. And then they they take it and they weapon, weaponize it and use it to dominate you. Yeah. You know stuff like that. Or they might go to the tantra world and go, I'm a spiritual person and I can do all these spiritual things. Yeah. You know, so it's a, it's anything. It can be anything. They use it to weaponize so that they can get they can extract their supply. How th th this this guy who uh, this narcissist who affected all three of you? How how old was he at the time? About the same age. We are, we're all about the same age, aren't okay. we? Okay. So he wasn't like it, it, yeah. he wasn't like a guy who was, you know, um, uh, uh, you know, fifteen twenty years older than you who used his age and supposed wisdom to to manipulate. It wasn't that. Oops. Oh yeah, we lost all today. <laughs> No, mm -hmm. oh. there she is. <laughs> yeah. So, um, oh, no, there you um, are. Yeah. So, so this guy was, and one he, thing I want to, yeah, go ahead. to say, um, it, this is not about an older man no. presenting himself as a perfect romantic partner and. Being our knight in shining armor, no. Um, the thing that it sounds like he was more subtle than that. Yeah, he he did. It was different for each of us because we all have slightly, we all have slightly different things that we bring to a relationship. Yeah, we all have slightly different feisty ten tendencies in different ways. But the one thing that he liked. And I, I've been thinking about this a lot since our first discussion was that he loves a bartender. He loves someone with an accent. 
but it's not those qualities. What they represent is someone who generally a bartender might be coming in, they are a traveller, they someone with an accent or a different background, doesn't have a strong family base, their immediate personal family. I see. They might not have a huge social network yet. <clears throat> they are settling in. They perhaps come from a traumatic background. They've recent, recently broken up with a relationship. They might be in some financial difficulty. They're perfect. What and a sneaky bastard. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> was, this guy, was this guy an ethnic Norwegian? No. Mm-hmm. No. Is he? Was he? Yeah. Oh no. Oh, he'd been in Norway for such a long time. Okay. Mm. Like uh, decades. But he did oh. speak English. He did speak English. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Um, mm. But it was about um, taking people who are a little bit more. I, I don't like the word vulnerable because we're not. Yeah, because I don't see, yeah, because I don't see, and I think this is important to get out. Mm -hmm. I don't see any weakness in any of you three and you could, you could be the strongest person in the world, but, but these narcissists Mm -hmm. are so, I I just called this guy a sneaky bastard. They're so sneaky. Mm -hmm. They're so manipulative. They're so smart. There's a certain level of intelligence that these people have and they find (laughs) the cracks. Everybody's got a crack. These guys wiggle into it and expand and expand. So it has nothing to do with vulnerability or weakness. No. That's important that and people they, understand. They particularly like, whether it's a male or a female, they like someone that brings to their ego. They like someone mm. that they can say, I have had this person, yeah. either emotionally or physically, mm. and I am now smarter, more creative. I am now... Yeah. Oh, it's incredible. I was I was saying to Lexi um, that if ever, like objectively, it's fascinating. He it could is. be someone's life work. Yeah. If he, I mean, I'm assuming yeah. he hasn't got it all resolved, but he could be someone's life work. It is fascinating. The level of manipulation, yeah. the entirety of the stories, amazing. I, he put a lot of effort into it. Oh, my mm. God. And the way he would... Um, do little things at the beginning. Offer to pay for your car repairs. Oh, you're, you you think you're going to be strapped for bit for bills? Hey, look, why don't we just do this? Oh no, no, look, yeah. you know, little things, little things. Um, or you say you might be feeling unwell, so suddenly he'll turn up with um, a little package of you know, throat drops and tissues and, you know, really, really tailored. And he, they do use social media to get to know you um, mm-hmm. and also to hide. So you might think he's published photos of you on social media, but he say, has said everyone can see except girlfriend A, girlfriend B, girlfriend uh, C and their immediate circle. So you're looking at it going, oh, Hey, cool. Yeah. Everybody, you know, hey, oh, that was so, I'm so glad you posted that photo. I love that. But he's hidden it from certain people. Um, wow. And it's until you question it. And that's the thing. You are so chipped away. You're, you go through so much gaslighting that you think, oh, no, no, no. No, it's just me being silly again. And he builds up a lot of things like, oh, my God. 
I love that artist too. Oh my god, I've never had anyone who understands me the way you do. So it's, sometimes it's, that's true. Sometimes you generally meet someone. Yeah. But it's constant. Wow. Little seeds like Yeah. Oh my gosh, imagine if we live there. You and I would have so much mm-hmm. fun if we live there. And you're like, Oh, mm-hmm. would we? And so then in your head you're thinking future. We've got a future together. He never yeah. said he was going to do this or do that or be here. But he's putting those little seeds. So, again, it's you. Right. You're imagining it. Right. Fortunately, in a long-distance relationship, everything's written down. So I can scroll back and go, no, 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 no. Yeah. But yeah. when you're in a face-to-face relationship, it's much easier to undermine that pe- people and to get control of them. Yeah. And so you do mm. need to keep a little journal. I, I hate diaries. I hate journals. I just put a note in my phone. Um, and so you can look back at it and go, no. That happened. These were the words you used. Mm. This was my response. And if you ever have to argue with someone who's narcissistic or controlling, you say, I felt very uncomfortable when this happened. See how they respond and stick to the facts. You can't argue with them because they're never wrong. They've never done anything. It's never about them. But stick to your facts. Mm. Don't get dragged into the emotional. When they decide to go off at you, it's horrific yeah yeah so emotionally damaging um but stick to the facts say no i I hear what you're saying but this is what i'm asking what is your answer to this question it's very hard and if they don't answer they don't answer yeah and if you think you deserve an answer and you're not getting one then you need to realize that he's never going to give you an answer yeah. And it's because there isn't a truthful answer he can give you that's going to save the relationship. Mm. Um, so be brave and strong. It's horrible. Yeah. But well, you're you, not crazy. You, three, you three are definitely brave and strong. I, I think it's uh, it's it takes a lot of guts to, to talk about this. It does. Um, I think I think a lot of women shy away from from talking about their their similar experiences, but again, I don't feel that there's any weakness in this. I don't feel that there's any. Uh, um, you're not a weak person if you have been uh, uh, through an episode like this. You know, it can happen to anybody. Um, and, yeah. and the, the, the beauty of it is that you, you three are, are, are friends. Uh, the beauty of it is that you three are able to talk about it uh, with the hopes of helping people. Um, yeah. that's, why, that's why I started this podcast. It, I, I started it for my own therapeutic reasons, you know, to, 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 yeah. to help myself through some hard times. And my goal was to always bring on a guest whom I admired and whom I thought could bring something of help to any listeners that I may have. And I think you three have definitely, definitely done that. (laughs) Thank you very much. Thank you. And we do have lots of resources if people don't want to talk, if they just want to read a book, or if they want the peer-reviewed papers on the neuroscience of it you know what i'd like you need to approach this we can help i'd like to take you up on that offer to help people as i said you're already helping them just by talking about this on my podcast Mm. but when i post this i will uh i will tag um i'll tag you lexi and i'll tag Mm -hmm. you altair so you'll see it when Mm -hmm. it comes up and then 
on my Facebook feed, if you have any literature, any links or anything, if you post it there, yes. and that will bring that, uh, you know, it, it, you'll just, you'll just continue the help, you know, po post, yep. post some links and whatnot. Um, uh, when we're finished here, I'll tell you all when this episode will be posted and, and, uh, okay. and then you just watch out for it and then mm -hmm. put some links on there. Let's see if we can right. keep the conversation going because it's an important topic. It really is. It is. Yeah. The other thing I was thinking about is how, how it escalates. So uh, in the beginning, it might be it might be the psychological terror that uh, you're being put through, but it can if if the person has been getting away with it for a very long time and nothing is enough and and he has so comorbid uh, like addictions, for instance. It could be it could be an alcoholic fueled narcissistic rage, and suddenly that's when the the physical violence happens. Uh, so you know, be aware of that as well. Uh, it, it it's around. It's it's kind of part of the escalation of of the ammo of this person of the the narcissist. Yeah. In general. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very important subject some, matter here. Absolutely. Yeah. And sorry, I just. Want to add on to what this said is that while this is generally a form of emotional abuse, you often the person, the prey, is so reduced in their capacity and their connections to the to reality that physical abuse abuse can follow. Um, you may see possessive, aggressive behaviour around you but you are also in danger of being the next step. I see. Um, so don't – it's better to err on the side of yourself. Always choose choose yourself. Yeah. Say to yourself, mm. I pick me. Yeah. Don't, don't wait until it's too late. Choose yourself. Mm. Walk away. Say you need to go for a weekend away with your girlfriends. Don't take mm. your phone yes. and just mm. – Choose, choose, choose yourself. yourself. Choose yourself. I like that phrase. Choose yourself. Mm. That should be a T-shirt logo. Yeah. Choose yourself. Yeah, <laughs> because people will come and go. Yeah, that's and true. You're the one who and you're you're always you. there. You're always there. So you might as well choose yourself. I um, uh, another reason for me doing this, or one thing I say about me doing this podcast, is that I want to make myself more knowledgeable, stronger, more more steady so that in that process I better myself and then the better me will be more equipped, better equipped to help others. Yeah. So that whole thing about choosing yourself, I don't yeah. think there's any egoism in that whatsoever. No. Uh, the no. stronger you are, the more capable you are to not only better yourself, but better others or, or at least assist others in their betterment. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. And if you love and accept yeah. yourself, it's harder for other people to judge you and take advantage of you. That's true. Because you can say, no, I'm okay. I I like who I am and you, you can't, I, I won't accept this. Yeah. And you can't do this to me and I won't let you hurt other people. Yeah. Mm. Beautiful words. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is a, it's, it's an ugly subject, but I think, um, I think the way the three of you have spoken on it is it's, it's a beautiful thing. I, uh, I thank you all for coming on my podcast to do this. I've been real excited. I, I've been real 
really excited and 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 uh, anxious about doing this episode because of the seriousness of the subject matter. So mm -hmm. I thank you all for coming on and talking about this. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. It, it matters a lot. It really yeah. it empowers us. It does. It does um, matter. Yeah. It does matter. It can be very empowering to hear other women talk about this. And as I say, when I post this. Uh, throw some links to literature and and uh, different websites. You know, uh, um, you know whatever whatever knowledge the three of you have. Let's let's just continue to share it with others when uh, when this episode is is live for people to hear. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But listen, ladies, it's twelve noon. But what time is it in Australia now? It's twelve um, noon here in Norway. Then it would be eight p.m. Eight p.m. Okay. So it's, um, you probably have your evening routine. I definitely have a wife and two children who are waiting on me. So I'm going to, <laughs> I'm going to, uh, <laughs> I'm going to round this off and say yet again, thank you three uh, so very much for coming on my podcast today. Our pleasure. Thank you. This, thank you, John. This has been yet another and maybe one of my most important episodes of the Coming On Podcast with John Allen. Bye, everybody. I'm coming home. Oh, I'm coming home. Yes, I am. Yes, I'm coming home.